that people will receive as I attempt to share it. And um, I, I, I just wanted to share something from Matthew, the 8th chapter, starting at the 14th verse. Matthew, the 8th chapter, starting from the 14th verse. Matthew 8 and 14. And when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying down and suffering with her fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began to serve him. And when it was evening, they brought him many who were demon-possessed. And he expelled the spirit with a word. And he healed all of those who were sick in order that what, he, what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah would be fulfilled. Who said, he himself took away our sickness and carried away our diseases. Mm -hmm. One of the most memorable experiences that we had for me uh one of the most experienced uh, significant experiences that i had when the church went to the promised land many decades ago was to travel from tiberius to the other side of lake galilee and to be shown the house or the outline of the house just stone petition now uh, and then when they say houses like we would consider those things like uh, dwelling quarters together you know uh, little tiny apartments um, were they believed it is believed that Peter's mother-in-law house was and so it, 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 it gave people a sense of, of, of Jesus crossing back on Fort Lake Galilee. And it even gives some better, a better understanding of why they would have um, Peter's modern laws house, like a kind of um, headquarters, so to speak, or meeting place, or, or even a, a, a getting some me time you know getting some relaxing time ministry is always tough depending of course on the depth that you're into it and it is taxing and it is exhausting 
So they would go to Peter's mother's law house. And they would um, chill somewhat. But as you can see from this story, you know, he still had, people still came to him when the news got around, people would come anyhow to be blessed, to be healed. And, 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 and this is part of what I wanted to share with you this afternoon, this morning, early I was speaking about relationship relationship between disciples and Jesus. And how profound it can get. Jesus came to Peter's house and saw his mother-in-law most on the standard of the text has it that it was Moore's mother-in-law's house more than Peter's. Peter himself was following Jesus for quite a while so like Jesus he was technically and actually um, homeless. If she was sick with a fever and he touched her hand and the fever left her, she got up and began to serve him. Now, let us not imply by the scripture that was the purpose of Jesus healing her. I don't think it was, but it definitely was a consequence of her being healed that she was able to tend to them, to look after them, like I'm sure prepared meal for them and so forth. This was part of the reason why they would go over there. So earlier today I was talking about how there was tension, there was anxiety, there was even frustration, the, the things that um, the disciples had in their minds. They were willing to fight in any way that they could to overthrow the Roman government and there's much in history that we can read up on that. And they saw Jesus as a Messiah, at least a deliverer. And even if his method would be different from theirs, it, it, you know, they, they were, you know, willing to try Jesus. He, he spoke with such wisdom and did all these miracles. He had to have the prayer, the power to overthrow the Roman leech off of them. Uh, they, they, they were putting so much of their stock in Jesus. 
And Jesus must have known this. And he must have in some ways share in their frustration or where of waiting and not knowing what was going to happen. They already had bought souls there. I don't know what other kind of weapons, but that's kind of implicit in the scripture. That's why, you know, they came to arrest Jesus. Uh, you know, that soldier got his ear cut off. Where did those souls come from? Where did the soul come from? But Jesus, you know, uh, a few years ago I did a series of sermons. Some of them had to do with um, with how these prophets of the Old Testament, of course, how they vicariously experience, and that's like double talk, the suffering, the joy, the frustration, the anguish of the people. They reflected this. It's a, it's a, in fact, uh, ministers in some, and traditionally in some places are called vicars because there's no way that one can minister to people and not, not feel the suffering. And so we had a lot of fruitful discussions a few years ago about vicariousness. So there's a vicarious relationship going on between Jesus and his followers. And it is so emphatic in this section of scripture that I wanted to share a little bit of it with you this afternoon. When we shared about, about the vicariousness of the prophets a few years ago, one of the names and personality and people, and I like the word personality here, was Jeremiah. We spoke about it over and over how he exhibited the feelings of the people. And Jesus does that too. We, we, we don't necessarily see it or think about it that way, but Jesus had a vicarious relationship with his disciples. So touching Peter's mother-in-law hands and healing us, it introduces us to verse 16, which is profoundly emphatic. Because after they had, you know, in today's term, after they had chilled out, relaxed and so forth, and then evening came. Then folk 
And we have to understand this day may have it even included some of his disciples or close followers. Not necessarily the twelve, but others. One got the impression that when the, Jesus went over there, a lot of people were gathered around anyhow outside, knowing that Jesus was there. Many of them who had mental illnesses and, and the scripture gives us the distinct impression that many of them who were seriously ill, it, 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 it just opposes the fever that Peter's mother-in-law had and was healed to, to others who was critically ill dying in many cases and brought were brought to uh, to Jesus and heal them all of them and the the suggestive language of in the Greek here sick as I said before, it's definitely those who were very sick, who were in a bad way, we will say today. But it's verse, verse number 17 that really, really is riveting. In order that what was spoken to the prophet Isaiah would be fulfilled, who said? And most people are familiar with that uh, through uh, the King James Version, Isaiah 53, 4. Now I want us to pray about this and think about this. I'm trying to bring, share something with you all because that's another thing about being not careful but being uh having a, a wide vision when it comes to interpretation and you may have heard me said from time say from time to time that you know different people and different generation and different cultures and had various interpretation of, of this scripture, whereas the Ethiopian uh, Enoch, what is Jewish history itself, you know, a Talmudic uh, interpretation, and we have our Christian interpretation. But look at this carefully, because Isaiah 53 4 speaks about. However, he was one who lifted up our sickness and carried our pain. Yet we ourselves assume him stricken, struck down by God. But like I says in the King James, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken 
smitten of God and afflicted. We can go on to verse number five. But he was wounded for our transgression and was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. So verse 5, we normally and generally and correctly so equate that to is um, crucifixion. Verse number 4, you know, remember now that there's, there's no verses in the original scripture. It's connected to what we call verse number 5. How much so, you know, that's a matter of scholarly discussion. But should I say that uh, maybe we should just confine verse 5, it was wounded for a transgression, bruised for an iniquity, there's a chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. With this stripes where he particularly that much quoted uh, line by Christian, should we just confine it and just leave it separately from the thoughts and 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 what is being um, expounded in verse number four? I don't know if we need to do it. Obviously, we know that he was crucified; he died for us. But verse number four is very explicit in bearing our griefs, our sorrows. And uh, what comes up and is quoted in, in uh, the scripture that we shared uh, with the incident at Peter's mother-in-law's house, it is clear that they stopped it only included verse number five, number four, rather. So this is what I want to share with us this afternoon. Jesus, I've been going over to Peter's mother-in-law's house, and all these people came to him, and they were all healed. And we have spoken much about the fact that ministry is exhausting. Here Jesus went to get some me time, end up doing a lot of ministering anyhow. And people went there for the express purpose of being here. Many perhaps not understanding and realizing that Jesus was the Messiah because we're human and we think about our own needs. Or other think of our needs. 
when it comes to be being healed. And we just talk about the vicariousness of Jesus' ministry and relationship to the people and to us today. And so, yes, only verse number four is quoted. He himself took away our sickness and carried away our diseases. And sometimes we lump it all on the cross. But even as Jesus was healing while he was doing ministry, and even as he's healing right now, there's this vicarious relationship that he has with us that's being fulfilled through this prophecy of Isaiah. Now catch this. And as we look at the interpretation broadly, we're not Jesus, obviously. We can't die for anyone's sins. But if we truly care for people, and if we truly minister, it will be exhausting at times. This vicariousness, this special relationship. He himself took away our sickness and cried away our diseases and understand the translation suggests vicariousness is almost to say that you take on what is bothering people, what people are suffering. I don't mean that they're infecting you with diseases, or that's not what I'm trying to get at, but what they're going through you're suffering with them to really reach them and to minister to them. <coughs> and so, when all of that though, there comes the joy of ministering because We are fulfilling what God will is for us, what is prophesied by Isaiah. And he healed all those who were sick. God works through those who minister, of course, through him. And as exhausting as it might be, the joy is to see and to experience God working through us and through others to touch people, to hold them by the hand, and not only fever leaving them, 
but great afflictions of all sorts. So it's like any great healer, even doctors, if you want to include them, and then we should. Oh, yes. The, 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 the great reward, the great praise and everything that come out of it is not the money or the fame. God forbid, in the case of Jesus, within any of those things, is the fact that God works through imperfect human beings, frail human beings, limited human beings, in scope of understanding. And he gives people power to make great differences in people's lives. Heal even from healing them of their diseases. Hallelujah. So we thank God this afternoon for his blessings and for his healing 